Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Uh, we hope everyone had a nice and relaxing time during the holidays, and if not, that's also okay. It's a new year, and things are quite unsettling right now, especially with the country and politics, so just continue doing you and be the best you that you can be. The topic of today's episode is the divine dance. Now, what is the divine dance? It's the dance we all do with life, the way we interact with all the things that life throws at us and how we flow with them. It's how we mold ourselves through the yin and the yang of living in this crazy world, and we all have our own unique path and style of this dance. So please enjoy the episode, and thank you so much for your time and ears. Peace. Welcome to another episode of Wise Thoughts. We are going to be going over the divine dance in this episode. So... I'll first start off with what is the divine dance? Uh, I had some experiences and I've been having some experiences where I've been really understanding what my energy is aligned with. And uh, something I wrote on my whiteboard was dance. And the narrative, if I had to pick occupation, I would say I am a dancer right now. Now, for those of you who don't know, I am not a, in the terms of like, you know, a professional dancer. I am not even... A regular dancer but the idea of this movement and this back and forth and this tango with life has been the divine dance and the term dance is almost like imagine you're walking down the street and you like stub your toe and instead of like that being a off movement you turn that into like a dance move and it's really about dealing with what life gives us and balancing the physical realm that we live in and the spiritual and internal realm, which is comprised of our thoughts and things that we can't see with our eyes or perceive with the normal five senses. But they are always this universal dance going on. Sometimes it's a dance between our mind and our body and our souls. And it's just this constant form of back and forth. And it's not that life is black and white. It's gray area. So... That balance is something all of us are striving to achieve. When I've kind of like gone through situations in life where I went through forms of extremism, right? So I kind of came up in, you know, regular hood shit in Jamaica, Queens. You know, I was eating terrible, you know, McDonald's, all this. Uh, I became a pothead in my teenage years and I was just going through the motions, right? So I was like, oh, these things are no good for me. They are, you know, even this year, I took a five-month break, and I was like, well, the goal is to eventually be sober all the time or to never let my urges or my desires have any control over me, right? This very non-human way of thinking to be like, I have to rid myself of all these. And if, if you actually look at it, I was just bouncing between forms of extremism, So one was like, I was living this life that I was given, falling into, you know, vices, addiction, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, hey, this new way is the way out. But really, it was just two sides, two different sides of the same coin. So when I was living the sober life and when I was doing all those things, I eventually just become an extremist where I'm like, oh, I must get up at this time. I must. And then now what I call the dance is really that balance. You know, if you see yin-yang and people separate yin energy and yang energy, but really the gem of the yin-yang is that blurriness between it. Inside of the core of light is a core of darkness and the core of darkness is a core of light. And how I relate this to not seeing things 
in black and white is life is just this gray area, right? It's this constant, like, you can't separate your mind from your body. I can't, like, remove or put a switch in my brain and say, off, body on. And it's always doing this dance because when I'm walking down the street, even if I'm not thinking, my brain is sending signals, left foot, right foot, breathe in. There's a lot going on. So I think when we as humans look at things in black and white, we are almost like if it was a plant, you're taking that idea of a rose. Let's just use that as an example or a flower, right? And you're taking that rose out of the context of the garden, of the dirt that it's in, of the air that it's around, of the water that you're putting in. And you're just, it's like, imagine looking at that rose on a white blank background. You're not really seeing what made the rose. The rose started out as a seed. The seed was put in the dirt. The dirt was exposed to sunlight, water, you know, in the form of rain, people, birds, all these things that move around the environment are part of what makes that rose. Now take away the rose or the flower and replace that with ourselves. All of those things make us what we are. Our challenges, our upbringing, our blessings, our gifts, the things that have been inherited to us from family members and ancestors, right? The geographic location we're living in, where our ancestry is from, all these things are what make us us. And that is not a black and white experience. It's a constantly evolving, right? It's We're constantly living and growing and gaining experiences and learning. And that is how I see things as more gray. I wear gray a lot, I noticed, and I wear bluish gray a lot. And I was like, why do I always end up wearing that color? Even though in general, I, I tend to think I'm a more <laughs> optimistic person or whatnot, but I like gray because it's this balance, you know, and like I, I love overcast days, you know, I love when the sky is gray. I love when those things are there. And it reminds me that it's always that dance, always that. And how do I look at things or what is a way to not see things as black and white? To me, it's like not compartmentalizing things so much and knowing you know if anybody's heard of the term synesthesia right you know like to be able to smell colors and see sounds and all types of stuff right where it's like you hear sounds and you see colors right but it's like really we are more than that and these divisions that we create in our own internal minds sometimes make us rationalize what we're experiencing in the external so now taking that from black and white and flipping it into internal and external world, right? Once again, I might be in an external beautiful place, the beach or somewhere that it's all, the weather's nice, you know, everything's there. It's picturesque, right? But if internally I'm in a negative space, I'm in a dark space, I'm in a very, very rough mood, no matter how beautiful that external world is, the internal world can easily dictate my emotional state, my feelings. Now take the reverse. Say you're in a wild external situation, whether that be poverty, oppression, losing a job, breaking up, relationships, right? Who knows that isn't going well. If your internal is in a state of being and state of 
bliss, then you can then use that. I've always felt that the external world and the physical realm is a manifestation or reflection of your internal because no matter what's happening on the external, your perspective on the external is what really determines is this a good experience or a bad experience. I choose to use or view through the lens that every moment in my life, every situation is a lesson or a blessing. So how I'm able to balance the internal world is I also recognize there's falsehoods. I might think something in my mind about someone, an experience or a thing, and that's totally false. So how I balance these two words is I let them teach each other. We've all heard of the quote, does art inspire life or does life inspire art? The answer to me is both. And in this both that it's not all about the internal, it's not all about the external, it's not all about your thoughts, and it's not all about being together with people all the time and not about being in solitude. All these balances of internal, external is what makes things gray because everything is constantly feeding each other back to the flower. To ignore the water and the sunlight is to ignore what allowed the rose to rock up. Some people might love the rose but hate the thorns. The thorns are a part of it. And when we look at things holistically, that this rose bush or whatever it is, is all part of this greater thing that's a garden. And that's what I think that back to the dance. This is the divine dance. This is how we are constantly, we have all have moments, days, etc., where we're very much in our head. Then we've all had times maybe you're out and about a lot, just running errands, doing what you need to do, right? And it's not about getting to a state of always this or always that. It's, it's, it's about allowing the energy to flow. And the term that I've heard is called flow state. And flow state means almost like water. Water flows to like the path of least resistance, right? So if you spill a cup of water, right? It's not gonna float up into the sky and turn into rain. It's gonna go where gravity is. It's gonna push it right to the floor. And then if you have carpet on the floor, it's gonna get absorbed into the carpet and then that's where it's gonna stop. And then underneath the carpet, maybe there's some sponge and some wood. And depending how much water is dropped, it will either penetrate that. But see, these are all that balancing act. This is all a dance to me. And this is all something that each individual can choose to recognize through awareness. And this awareness is something that can always be practiced at all times. It's perspective and it's about looking at our feelings and then looking at why do we feel this way and how did this come about, asking questions. And you know, a big thing I've been learning too is when I feel certain emotions, not to switch to other emotions, but to sit with them, to feel them, to process them fully as if a sponge absorbed something then the sponge absorbs something, the sponge is full, then it's rinsed to let go of that thing. So it comes into it, it releases in order for it to absorb the next thing or the next spillage. And that is how I feel this is really, really a constant dance. We're constantly going through seasons, days, situations, humanity, right? We've never stopped being challenged. We've never stopped receiving blessings. No matter what there is, everything is happening right here. And 
to me, part of how I deal with this is like relinquishing control because sometimes I want to control and say, hey, I want to make sure I wake up in a good mood today or I want to make sure I am physically active. And sometimes, you know, I can run through hundreds of push-ups and it's no problem. And then sometimes I struggle to do 20, all depending on my energy. So I'm learning how to flow with that. And that's what I feel the dance is. It's not necessarily a dance with another human being, but we are dancing within our own thoughts, within our own life, within our own feelings and emotions. But like the sponge, feelings come and go. Thoughts and ideas arise and disappear. And some of them you capture, some of them slip through our fingers, but we're gonna always show up and that's really where I'm at with this and even the balance now of communicating and speaking about these things is very inspiring because it's new for me. Like I used to think I need to get rid of the bad and get the good, get rid of the wrong and keep the right. But I'm learning that nothing is wrong or right, you know, and for example, I could say stealing is wrong, right? Very bold statement and a lot of people could agree to that, right? But take this. Imagine a person who has no financial money, no one to support them, no access to a a shelter or certain things that could allow them to be fed. And then, you know, they walk past a, a open market and they, quote unquote, steal an apple. I don't think... What that person did was wrong, you know? So then for me to say this is wrong and this is right, I'm going to give an example on the right side. (laughs) I'll try to get more personal. So I was like, you know, always making art. That's the right thing to do, to to express my emotions. I I told somebody, shout out to my my homie Adam, met him recently. He, He was following some of my stuff online. He was like, yo, it's good to meet you. And then he goes, well, how are you doing? Maybe he was expecting like a monk or some super positive doubt person. I'm throwing up the air quotes here. So, you know, I was just telling him, yo, man, I'm just struggling. It's a balance. You know, some days are good. Some days are bad. And then um, he goes, really, what what do you struggle with? Because I think people see that I'm a productive person and I get shit done. So that might make people feel like I'm somehow immune to life, (laughs) which isn't the case. I said, no, I really struggle with processing certain emotions. It's very hard for me to deal with. And he goes, really? Because, you know, I think he might have read some some poems I wrote or heard some music. And I was like, yeah, man, I really don't process things too well and I have to turn to art to do that. And he was kind of like, oh, that doesn't seem like a bad thing. That seems like a really good thing. And I was like, dude, yeah, for the consumer of the art, it's there. But I was like, look, when I don't deal with stuff in my relationships or I'm not upfront with certain things, like if somebody goes... Hey, why? You said you were going to show up at 3 o'clock and I'm not there at 3 o'clock. What am I going to do? Say, oh, yeah, I was, let me go play this song so I could tell you why I'm not there. Nah, so like nothing is inherently good or bad is kind of what I am leading toward. And it's really about intent and purpose behind it. Because you could take 10 of the same actions. Like I used to get up and make art every day because I felt worthless. And I felt like if I didn't write three songs a day or make two beats or et cetera, et cetera, fill in the blank with what it was. If I didn't work out till I was sore and this and that, I would feel like like crap. 
feel like shit. So I'm like, that's not the answer because people can easily worship that side of it, but it's unhealthy. When I was writing all those songs a day, I was skipping meals. I wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking water. So then people say, oh, that was good. You were doing it. It was good. I'm like, nah, it wasn't good torturing myself to the point. And really what it was was a form of escapism. Anything could be used as a form of escapism. So, you know, people say well, exercise is good, right? Which is a general statement. But what if you exercise to the point where you, you know, you've seen this happen in people who become addicted to the gym. They'll exercise to the point where they're like, yo, I blew out my shoulder blade or I did this or I was running, running, running so much that now I have uh, this or I was playing loud music so often I have um, you know, the, the ringing of the ears, tetanus, or whatever it's called, pardon tinnitus. me. What is it? Tinnitus. Tinnitus, see, Yuri, Yuri sneaks in. She said she wasn't going to speak on this, see? Expect the unexpected, the gray area. I, I am a, I'm an idiot savant. I stumble into things, and that's how I process. But see, she's here to, to capture. And then, you know, there's a person who hear, oh, this dude is an idiot. He said tenacious or whatever when it was tet... Tinnitus. Tinnitus, see? <laughs> This is it. We're allowing the balance to happen. So this is a perfect example. Uh, I am no less educated because I didn't know the name of the word, but I'm feeling what I express and I have somebody here with me to bounce ideas off of. So it's totally fine. So this is a great example. And the questions that I tend to ask myself is, what is the real purpose that I'm... I don't look at my action anymore. So when I'm playing my songs or working on my music, I ask myself, why am I doing it? Is it really coming out of me or am I doing it because I want to avoid this or I want to hide from that? And then, you know what, if I'm hiding or running, I'm going to say, nah, you know what, I'm going to face those things right now and I'm going to deal with them and I'm going to allow myself to, to express. And then, um, you know, another thing is I'm a very open person. I don't know how to do small talk, man. Every time, every way I talk to a person is very much like how these podcasts are. And part of me was like, you can't be that open to people or you can't like meet somebody for five minutes and ask them if they're an alien or, you know, and, and then I was like, fuck that. If they get weirded out, as long as I am respecting boundaries, not physically uh, violating anybody, not like imposing myself on them by like I like blowing up their phone or texting them all the time or like really like you know trying to dominate their personal space or force it on them I'm allowed to show up holy and when I say holy I don't mean with a, a h-o-l-y I mean with a w-h-o-l whole in that you know e and then allow myself to be whole and complete and then hey if I'm in a lower energy that's that you could rock with me, you know, you, you guys hear some of these cats, some of them are more upper, fast paced, sometimes I'm more chill, and all of it is valid, before I used to be like, oh, when I make content, I have to be in this upper frequency of zone, or hey, before I deal with a person, or relationships or that, I have to be in this place, and that's why I also connect to the idea of perfectionist, a perfectionist is a bullshitter, in my opinion, because nothing that we do cannot be improved you could always improve on what you do it's impossible like the word perfect kind of indicates without flaw but look at what we are we are not perfect creatures so we're not supposed to be 
and this idea to hold up to these standards that are totally unrealistic think of it with with your body you know people are like oh i want to have the perfect body you have people that maybe their body looks good on the external but maybe internally they got you know fucked up lungs or some shit so what is the perfect body it's really non-existent perfection is a very in my kind of looking at it as a former perfectionist let me throw that shit out there air quotes you know i used to the perfectionist in me made me throw away songs the perfectionist in me made me doubt myself that this isn't good enough it has to be better now i am not in the game of not striving to improve i believe we all can get better and we should strive for excellence and greatness but don't let where you're at stop you from doing the best you can like you know there's a person out there who maybe knows three chords and even with just those three chords they could write the most amazing song in the world that connects to more people than someone who you know has been studying jazz and classical stuff for 30 years so like these things are really constructs in our minds that we create and now i'm going to go into the instability and balancing instability right back to the perfectionism and these things life in itself and i use the term organized chaos there's some things that stand tried and true you know the sun has come up every day we haven't had a day that the sun ain't come up gravity has never left us you know yet you know of course space and you can break that but like certain things are are there right uh the way nature works is there but there's also those fluctuations so once again even though the sun rises up every day i remember that time it snowed in april you know and i remember that day was like 60 almost 70 degrees in like december a couple years ago so even though things are organized in a way there's a level of unpredictability and to try to wait for the perfect moment or for things to stabilize yeah we have moments of stability some days i feel super grounded so to me it's about setting realistic expectations based on experience and balancing out that is really based on looking at the reality of the situation engaging your past experience from it and knowing like okay is this serving me or is this not serving me and especially when we when you're new at something think of a baby when they're walking or even crawling right a brand newborn baby when it's just starting to learn to walk and do that it's unstable it's not stable it falls it it you know all things happen but should the baby stop trying to walk because it falls several times and stumbles and is unstable no look at that energy and i'm seeing the picture clearly it gets up it falls it rises it scrapes its knee and then eventually it reaches to a point of stabilization but then guess what after you walk then you try to run then after you run you might learn to ride your bicycle and then that instability comes again so after you know you've walked and you could run and you're learning to ride a bike you're back on the bike and when you you know you start with training wheels or whatever as a toddler or whenever you learn and then there's that instability life always gives us these moments of uncertainty unstable energies 
And once again, to wait for everything to be stable. And, and we have moments that are like, look, I remember when I was doing the teaching artist thing around 2007 is when I started getting paid, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, like about four years were pretty stable for me. I was like, oh, this is my Tuesday, Thursday class. These are the organizations I work with. And it was a level of stability, but then guess what? Around 2012, I started realizing I wanted to go bigger. I wanted to go more into live. I wanted to go into composition and arrangement. And then right there was that instability again. But what I did is I took my past experiences, remembering that I have to go through uncertainty. I go through doubt, but on the other side of those things is the most beautiful bliss and beautiful peace that you can find. So these are just my thoughts on the divine dance. And all of these are just ways that we, I think it's a Nas line. He said, it ain't what you do, it's how it's done. You know, and I'm gonna add to the why you do it too. So really look at your intention, really look at your purpose and really awaken the subconscious mind and bring those things, you know, and <laughs> some ways to do that could be, you know, you can tap into uh, you know, some form of plant-based medicine, which you can look into. We're going to address some things deeper on another episode, but know that you have all the ingredients within you where you're at right now. Nothing external is needed. Yes, you can use it, just like how we use food, right? But know that even when you use an external thing, the real goal is for an internal change. Because then you might have the most greatest experience while you're doing something, but then you go back to your own shit. And if you do go back to your own stuff, be gentle with yourself. Understand that it's a dance. And you know, you don't have to be the greatest dancer, <laughs> but just get there and get up there and dance. When you stumble, make it look cool. <laughs> do what you gotta do. So I appreciate y'all tuning in. I hope y'all are feeling great and dancing through this life to the best of your ability. As they say in Japan, Kanbate ne, arigato. Thank you.